0: In this episode, we talk with Paul Jarrett, subscription box legend with Bulu Group. He talks about his rich ad campaign with Groupon and how he sold over 60,000 units in a single 48-hour period. It is an amazing, amazing case study on a winning ad campaign campaign. Plus, we also dive into the pains of managing cash as a subscription box business, how he ultimately pivoted from a direct-to-consumer brand with Bulu Box to really opening up new categories where really cash flow and financing was a complete non-issue in the world of corporate big brands and now what he's doing with subscription boxes in the B2B arena. It's a great episode. I hope you enjoy
1: we get the booloo box subscription box into people's hands at cost and then the materials on the inside are driving them to come back to buy full size on our website and get repeat delivery of vitamins and supplements that seems like a pretty good idea so we uh, uh do this thing and you know we had some decent sales by that point but nothing to call home about right and um next day We wake up and, uh, you know, we had ran a bunch of Groupons, so, you know, nobody's really paying attention to it because like any startup, we're doing a million things. Um, All of a sudden, my phone just starts blowing up from our sales rep, and he's like, you know third or fourth phone call I'm walking my dog and I'm like this must be pretty important if he's calling me and um didn't even remember that that ad went live and I was like hey what's up man and he goes are you going to be able to like fulfill these and I was like yeah of course What are we at right now I haven't checked it like in the last 30 40 minutes and he's like we're at 30,000 and I was like no like say like not items like how many you know full sales he goes yeah man we're at 30,000 we you know do we shut it off? We all think we should shut it off. And I was like, no, do not shut it off. Let it go. Let it ride, man.
0: listening to the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ed Poor Ed podcast is your host Zach Johnson and I'm with the one and only Dylan Carpenter.
2: How you doing Dylan? Good man good this is gonna be a this is gonna be a solid one today. Yes 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 we're
0: gonna be diving deep into subscription CAC, LTV, payback periods. uh, I'm so excited about today's guest. Um he is, uh, he's quite a legend in this space. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background Dylan on him, and we we we'll get him on here. But, um, so Bulu group, check out BuluGroup.com. These guys, uh, I think are like the Kings of subscription box. They have worked with some of the biggest names in subscription box from GNC to Disney to, uh, uh, some even bigger names that they're, they're, they're working with now. And, uh, The subscription box arena is so heavy in um, logistics and cash and payback periods, and finance is a really, really, really big part of it. And so I feel like uh, today's guest has completely um, mastered it. And it's also really interesting to see what they're doing now with uh, taking subscription boxes to the world of employee engagement and rewards. Uh, now that you know, a ton of people are working remotely. Uh, I feel like everybody in subscription box has been so focused on D 2 C, <laughs> everything consumer related, and uh, our guest today is just going um, in all the different pockets that that subscription box companies aren't. Which is, you know, it just came off of a ton of big contracts with super high uh, uh, corporates to to now going into Pretty much, um, it's
2: like full-blown B2B mode. So uh what do you think, Dylan? You excited? Yeah, man. The hype is real. Let's let's make the magic happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Without further ado, Paul Jarrett, welcome to the show.
1: Yo. Yeah. Uh, I got I to I I I fact check you right out the gate. So I looked, Let, up lay it on me. Carp- I looked up Dylan Carpenter. You said the one and only. I counted seven. <laughs> There's a doctor Dylan Carpenter who's number one. So um yeah, yeah. Fact check. <laughs> insert, insert like a like yeah like a little uh, audio like fact check. <laughs> What's up guys? How we, you doing?
0: We, we don't do fact checking here. You're, you're yeah, like the first yeah, yeah. person. We do a yeah, lot they're... of marketer math. We do a lot of rounding to the nearest million. The and, uh,
1: marketing and advertising. <laughs> the opposite of fact checking. <laughs> No it's awesome thank you guys so much for having me on the show um super stoked to be here and uh, I always love like podcasts that have a little bit of meat to them. They're like, uh, you know, they're like, talk to me about culture. Like, oh, God, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well,
0: I'm excited, man. I uh, You're also, you know, a recovering agency guy, right? So yeah. You, yeah. you you said you <laughs> you and your wife had been a part of, what was it, seven or nine agencies, something like nine,
1: that? Yeah, between the two of us, nine agencies. Uh, I've done everything from uh, account direction, the new business development, did a stint as a copywriter, Um, she's mostly on the creative side, but she's been an account manager, creative director, um, worked on Pixar, uh, you know, between us, nine agencies and brands like Nike, Lowe's, Pixar, Juergens, Van Carell. So yeah, we've, from New York to San Francisco and everywhere in between. So we, we thought we were going to open an ad agency one time and then we thought, uh, uh, let's do something a little bit more tangible, you know, product in, product out. So, well,
0: here's the thing though like the a, the word agency is completely overused today. I, I just want to highlight what type of agency, like, we're talking, you know, new, largest, new York. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like the, literally, Mad Men was based off of BBDO where I work. So, I mean, we i mean we went for it and we you know did the quote-unquote like we made it to where everybody wants to work in advertising right
0: yeah i mean it's it's awesome to see how you're bringing that into you know what you're up to now with bulu group because for sure. nobody in subscription box you're like the only person that's just like oh yeah i've got the balls to go do a partnership uh and do a full you know Turnkey solution with Disney <laughs>
1: right, and, Lulu,
0: right. and Lulu and GNC, yeah. and it's just like that requires some serious salesmanship and some business development skills. Thanks, man. That, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that like I feel like we could we could spend a whole episode just ca- having you come back and teach biz dev, but yeah. but we're gonna, we're gonna talk. In, uh I want to focus the conversation really around uh, something you said right before the show, which is subscription Brox is pretty much just a logistics and finance company, <laughs> like at its core. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and you pretty much have to, you know, you list it off like a set of skills. Right. So like yeah. maybe share share that, recap that, because I feel like that's gonna be uh the the theme of our entire conversation here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we started off uh back in two thousand eleven, kind of with the idea of Bulu Box we executed in 2012 and Bulu Box was a straight-up subscription box. We literally said it's like Birchbox, but for vitamins and supplements. Uh, we grew to about 500K monthly recurring revenue in about two years. Uh, we had all the cacto LTV. We did all that. Um, we just couldn't find the appetite out there. You know, uh, Dollar Shave Club hadn't been sold. Birchbox was tanking. And the attitude of the market where subscription boxes are a fad, which I was just screaming at the top of my lungs like, It's just e-commerce with a focus on repeatable delivery, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the midst of all that, we actually built a software called Hulu Marketplace, which was basically LinkedIn.com, but for consumer packaged goods. And it was focused for buyers. Um, Somebody acquired that. And so we went back to the drawing board and said, okay, what do we do? And we we literally said, well, we're really good at packing boxes. Uh, What do we (laughs) do with that? (laughs) and um you know few brainstorming sessions later um and you know me waking up and realizing how many emails in my inbox were from walgreens and gnc and and companies interested in it and i was given some bad advice of just ignore those people and your response should be if you want to acquire us you can acquire us if not we're going to keep working um and so instead i picked them up and gave them a price and um it was kind of you know off to the races and then we eventually i think three years ago dropped Bulu box. Um, and we just exclusively did turnkey subscription box solutions for large companies. And now, as you mentioned, we're kind of, you know, offering those services to really any and everybody that want to do any sort of like subscription box or really specialty fulfillment. So sales bundles, kidding, et cetera. And we do have our own software. Um, and uh, we, you know, make sure we talk to everything. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's where we're at it. And, you know, I'm, I'm always, a, as far as the, you know, when did the change occur? I would say, um, you know, when we decided to work for large brands and frankly, we kind of weren't, we had sold a company, we, you know, Boo box was profitable and we landed a big client pretty early um we then had the luxury of kind of going like okay you know we can't just survive right we have to how do we thrive what do we need to do and um one of the first things i did was go out and you know literally hire people that in no way did i ever believe that these people would work with us but it was a lot of finance and logistics and accounting people which i knew we were weak on uh you know i think for many years we thought we were great at it and then over time you see you know, the skills that are out there. And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of uh, blindly handing over QuickBooks to, you know, accountants and finance and corporate people. And um, the ones who kind of, you know, sifted through everything and saw the opportunity, I mean, they're pretty good about coming back. And, um, you know, there was no aha moment um, until we were actually doing it. But there was just seeing somebody that can actually make true projections and seeing a team that can really whip up Excel. And so, you know, we had a team that had all the knowledge and we just needed a team to come in and to organize it and say, okay, so, you know, five years from now on this current trend, here's where these companies will be, you know, six months from now, we're going to use this tape no matter what, we're going to use these labels no matter what. So mm-hmm. let's buy X amount and get them at this price. And um, terms was a big deal. We never thought we were big enough to get terms and um, better terms. And, you know, one of the first things we started doing was like 60 day terms, um, you know, take money fast, pay money slow. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. And then just kind of, <laughs> every, yeah, like everything just became painfully apparent that just like your personal bank account where you get starbucks every day that shit adds up you know and um you know having people come in and really tightening that up and and you know my god just the number of softwares that we had signed up for and never used and we're just getting pinged i mean we're talking like mm-hmm. thousands of dollars every month i was just mm-hmm. slowly eating away at us and it just you know when things started operating mm-hmm. better i went oh my gosh You really have to think about logistics first and really get a firm grip on your cash flow because subscription Mm -hmm. is all about the future. And, you know, it's not in the now. And when I talk to and when I look at other subscription boxes, which I almost talk to daily, um, (laughs) it is so obvious that people were in my shoes where they're like, well, if we just get this product right or if we just get the marketing right. And I'm like, dude, I hear you. I understand. I've been there, but I'm <laughs> telling you, if you don't start biting the bullet and buying, you know, X amount of cardboard, you're going to get gouged. You know, you're going to get screwed. And and once we were able to truly sit and thoughtfully think it through and create, you know, models, etc., the game just changed. And um, this is not a sales pitch, but I will say, if you go to Bulu Group, uh, BuluGroup.com, there's a financial modeling tab. Um, we literally are selling, um, an Excel document of our, it's a template for our subscription model. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, a subscription box model template. And I Why tell the way. I, 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 I'm yeah. just going
0: to interrupt you right here. No, no, the, th- this financial model, I'm just looking at the screenshots of it right now. And, um, these financial models, if you were just to pay, let's just say an Excel jockey, right. <laughs> right. And let's just say the Excel jockey did not know what he was doing. This yeah. would probably cost you four or five thousand dollars to get an yeah. Excel jockey to build, not even including the expertise of like <laughs> how to even model it out and what are yeah. the important things to highlight and do rollups and projections. And I yeah. feel like this financial model you can easily throw in another fifteen twenty grand of expertise here on top yeah. that you're yeah. you're selling for ninety five dollars.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, the story behind the price is actually pretty funny. But there's also a YouTube video where we literally have the like head of our um, uh, client services, she literally just walks through and painstakingly says, like, you know, the, the document, I'm all about notes in Excel, right? So the document really has a lot of good notes in it but even if you can't sit and click there like you can just literally watch a youtube video on how to fill it right um and we do um for years it was a 25k fee for brands to have us do that our model internally was a little bit more elaborate and customized and so uh, because we have new for each of those big brands, make it a little tinker with it for them. But the base model, I mean, it's all there. And then we put it, so, and nobody bought it at 25K, right? And then we put it at zero and like nobody bought it at, you know, downloaded it for that. And so we, after a lot of A-B testing, $95 is the price that people will actually download it. And so it's <laughs> the, the, the idea was, I mean, honestly, when COVID hit, there was the big oh shit moment for us. And so we said, well, let's just start sharing our knowledge and see what happens. And that Mm -hmm. was the story behind that document. had COVID hit that would never be available. Um, Had people downloaded it at, you know, a different price point or for free, we would have left it, but 95 bucks. The funny thing is, is like, you can literally just email me and I'll give it to you for free. Or like, (laughs) I just, I hand it out, like, you know, whatever. And there's been people where they pay and I literally just reimburse them and email them. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't (laughs) charge you for this. I'm giving it out for free.
0: The, uh, here, here's the way I look at your, your journey from the outside, Paul, it's like, Hey, we did this Bulu Box thing, And out of that forced you to create, be able to create these financial models so that you could track your forecast, your churn, your cocktail TV, <laughs> your yep. cash required. Yep. And then your that spreadsheet was your first attempt at like solving your own problem. And then your second attempt was like, Oh, Maybe I should just go partner with Disney and GNC where they don't even have this problem
1: at all. Well, yeah. And the problem was actually like when we started, we were the six subscription box and it was like 28 cents to get somebody, you know? And then right. it just kept growing and growing. And now the average is, I think, about 37 bucks to acquire a customer. And when we raised capital, our highest projection was like $12 to acquire a customer. Um, mm-hmm. And we thought that was outrageous, but the competition came. And before you knew it, there was 7,000 subscription boxes. Not to mention, with subscription boxes, you're still actually fighting other subscriptions like Netflix and magazines. And, and subscription yeah. is like a category in somebody's mind wallet, right? And mm-hmm. so... Um, when when the cac went so high we we're just like okay like how do we solve for that and i was like uh big brands have money they have <laughs> exactly. assets like if they yeah. literally just like toss a sign in their store like it'll be yeah. fine and that's yeah. really where where that came from
0: because most people would have said i'm gonna go to get i'm i'm gonna go get money from in like vc right or yep. i'm gonna go get money from from ClearBank and shopify capital and just kind of keep getting money every three to six months. Yep. Uh, but you, you know, you, you built up Bulu box and, and then you basically said, exited the stage left of like, I'm going to solve this like the right way. And, and and now what you're up to with employee engagement, it's like that, that, that customer's already acquired it's an employee. It's
1: <laughs> exactly. yep. like completely it,
0: solved. Right. And, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, and you're, you're just like advertising is, is not even, an issue there so you're kind of just taking all the logistics and finding the pockets within subscription where this issue of payback period and cash flow is just a completely a complete non-issue because at the end of the day the numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's subscription box is almost like not to the not not to the point of like lending like like what we do at Ad Capital, but you have to be just as good at fundraising and getting money and uh, and and managing yeah. that cash, like got, in order to scale yeah. that in
1: a big way yeah and we explored you know i just kind of attitude of like uh, i'm not sure if we can cuss in here so i'll say like f it we're not going to work with banks i uh, grew up in a trailer park and i saw a lot of el caminos repossessed and i was like not going to work with a bank um and then after raising two rounds of capital i was just like i'm kind of done with the VC world for now, Um, you know, and so we kind of explored those other options. And I was like, honestly, the easiest thing looks to be go target people with ad budgets. Like, am I going to spend my time raising capital um, or am I going to spend my time dealing with banks or um, building something? And I'm like, screw it. I want to build stuff.
0: Right. Right. You're like, let me think back about those BBDO days. Oh yeah. Those guys close eight figure contracts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) How much? Those guys are... yeah those guys are easy to get eight figures from uh like
1: way easier than vcs and and banks Uh, i remember i go they grew eighty thousand subscriptions last month but they didn't even do anything yeah 80 are you sure go get that confirmed (laughs) oh okay yeah i think we're on to something
0: yeah oh that's awesome man well you can talk about this all day, but uh, to stick to our normal scheduled routine, Dylan, why don't we, uh, why don't we dive into it?
2: Yeah, let's, let's, it's time to hear about some rich ads, y'all. So, Paul, you sent over a killer group on posts and it seems like it's more Bulu box. So is this kind of y'all's original plan more or less or original product? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, um, the reason that I selected that one is because, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's, I will say this to start, there's way more advertising and marketing failures than successes. But that was the one where it literally happened overnight. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of other cool ones with strategy. And, you know, one that came to mind was the ad campaign we did for Lowe's. And I remember thinking, nobody's going to buy designer faucets. Like, what the hell? And they're like, No, we just spend enough money to force people. And like, you know, you go into anywhere, everybody's got designer faucets. And I remember thinking it was the dumbest thing. And that was just sheer force of money to get consumers to think about their faucet. Right. Um, But this one was cool because it was just, you know, we woke up and we're like, oh, no, what do we do now? Because it was so successful.
2: What made it? It Was it literally literally an overnight success or was it kind of running for a little bit or just really happened once I launched it?
1: Yeah. So Groupon, you know, Groupon catches a bad rap and it really frustrates me because I feel like most of the issues with Groupon are people that don't understand their margins. They don't understand their logistics. Like Groupon's an amazing tool. If you can look at Groupon like, hey, there's a lot of people sitting here waiting to buy. Um, it's a different kind of customer, but how can we think smarter than that than the, you know, average Groupon user? And so we worked with Groupon for a while and I think once they saw we were legit, um I had the attitude of like, well, let's go fly out to Groupon and just bug them and just literally keep saying like, what, what would you do if you're we in our shoes? Right. And so we flew out to Chicago once or twice and they were blown away. Cause you know, nobody ever flies out to Groupon to meet with their sales rep. Right. <laughs> and um, which I also just wanted to see their office. It was so strange. and weird I, and also, awesome.
0: I also want to highlight something that you said before the show, Paul, which is people completely underestimate the power of proximity and yes. uh, yeah. i definitely think that that is a really a, a big theme you know in yeah. your in your career and uh and, yeah. and you know how you pull that off so proximity to groupon um <laughs> probably a pretty smart thing given that they have a crap ton of traffic
1: yeah yeah my, my wife would say um, my 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 superpower is shamelessness um i like to call it confidence but uh you know it's not the same but i i'm My first gig, uh, my first gig was selling classified ads, uh, official, my first official gig, right? And I literally had to make like 40 phone calls in a day and I'm trying to upsell people on like exclamation points, right? And you really learn the art of, you know, after a month of getting your ass kicked on classified ad sales and your your food depends on it, um, you really just start to learn um, the power of just picking up the phone And then the power of meeting with people. I don't care what anybody says. Nothing is stronger than face-to-face and nothing is stronger um, after that than the phone, right? Or Zoom, maybe. Um, And, you know, that was the attitude with a lot of those. And even with Groupon, it's, you know, like, uh, everybody knows in my company that if shit hits the fan, I will get on a plane and I will go knock on the CEO's home door if I need to, Um, I was in a skateboarding accident and broke my foot in my hand. And uh, I did that at like 7pm. And 6am the next day, I was on a flight closing a contract with Clorox, right? So like, it just you just literally have to I literally broke out of the hospital. They were like, you need to go into surgery. I was like, will I die if I get on a plane? And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, can you answer the question? They said no. And I skated out of the hospital. Oh, um, my gosh. But, but it's just that thing. Like, you just got to show up. You just got to yeah. do the work and show up. So, you know?
0: so what happened? What happened when you rolled up to uh, to Groupon?
1: Oh, yeah. So um, with Groupon, when we met with them, um, the rep was finally like, okay, like, they're they're legit. And they basically said, look, you know, here's exactly what we would do, but it will crush you. You will not be able to keep up with the sales. And we're like, dude, we got this, you know, here's our inventory, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, their big thing was, um, if you can do 60% off or more. Um, that really sings to people. And then if you can start doing things like Lifetime Lulu box at $5, right? Um, and so I forget exactly which one that I sent you was, but I think we did like three months um, subscription free for like 5 or ten or $12 a box, right? Which was literally ended up being just like the cost for us. And our attitude was, well, if we get, the bulu box subscription box into people's hands at cost and then the materials on the inside are driving them to come back to buy full size on our website and get repeat delivery of vitamins and supplements that seems like a pretty good idea so we uh uh, do this thing and you know we had some decent sales by that point but nothing to call home about right and um next day We wake up and, uh, you know, we had ran a bunch of Groupons. So, you know, nobody's really paying attention to it because like any startup, we're doing a million things. Um, All of a sudden, my phone just starts blowing up from our sales rep. And he's like, You know, third or fourth phone call. I'm walking my dog and I'm like, this must be pretty important. If he's calling me and um, didn't even remember that that ad went live, and I was like, hey, what's up, man? And he goes, are you going to be able to like fulfill these? And I was like, yeah, of course. What are we at right now? I haven't checked it like in the last 30, 40 minutes. And he's like, we're at 30,000. And I was like, no, like, like, not items, like how many, you know, full sales? He goes, yeah, man, we're at 30,000, you know. (laughs) Do we shut it off? We all think we should shut it off, and I was like, "No, do not shut it off. Let it go. Let it ride. Let, <laughs> Let it ride." It man. Right. I'm already in my head, like going through my mental rolodex of like, because we had we had enough samples for you know, we thought 20,000 would be insane, right? So we we felt super confident we'd have enough inventory. Well, this thing ends up selling like forty thousand overnight, oh, wow. and I think it topped out total at sixty thousand. And we had to have the boxes ready in like seven business days, I think, or five business days and seven days. And so uh, um, we literally had no idea what we were going to do. It ended up being we had to, and, and then we had a good sales month. So it ended up being something ridiculous. But I was like, you know, okay, panic's normal. This is normal. Like, how do we get, now we need to get the samples. And one of the things we do is we require brands to give us samples for free um so we get in a room and i'm like okay and i whiteboard out i'm like here's the here's the challenge you know we have this many boxes we have to get this many samples it ends up being like 1.25 million samples that we have to find in like you know a couple days um and then it's got to be six different six different products at 1.25 million right and luckily because we had been tracking everything we knew that a sales rep could make X amount of calls in a day. We knew that if they read the script, that X amount would close or whatever. And so it was literally, if we all, the entire company called and did a hit list and you know made the calls, that we would be there almost precisely at the point. And so we did like a one-hour crash course on sales. (laughs) We, our developers, everybody, you name it, everybody picked up the phone and and we made, you know, we were just laughing at ourselves and we're like, we're never going to do this or whatever. you know. It wasn't like a, we can do this. It was like, a well, shit, we got to give it a shot or else we're done, right? And so um, as we were making the calls, one thing that dawned on me is like, statistically, you know, let's say, just for the sake of conversation, we got to make like a thousand calls in a week, right? um i think the conventional thinking is you got to hit all those 1000 calls to to hit your stats of close and getting the samples but in reality you never know when those calls are gonna like happen where somebody's like oh yeah i got x amount or whatever and so i think literally in the second day we just got lucky and there was a company that changed a flavor and they had a bunch of their old flavor and inventory. And yeah, we ended up finding it, I think in like four days total. And we're able to fulfill and Groupon, Groupon never knew the better. And, um, it was a big turning point in our company. Um, but yeah, that was, that was crazy.
0: It's it's so fun when companies get in these moments where it's all hands on deck and yeah. it's like, that is such a pivotal moment. Yep. And, uh, you're ju- just, you rise to the occasion, right? Like as entrepreneurs, sometimes we just kind of avoid those situations. We avoid, avoid, yeah. avoid. But yep. when you throw yourself into it and you just stay focused, stay in the moment, and that that pressure. Is ultimately going to give you the highest level of clarity you'll yes. ever have in your business. Yes. That is when a... absolute brilliance comes to the table, and uh, I, I I love those stories.
1: Yeah, we have the saying, and it's it's a common phrase, but uh, the question is, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time, and that's, <laughs> oh, that's good. you know that's what you do. I mean,
2: that's fact, so good. The fact you got developers out there calling just goes to show that was that was the real deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could tell by the look in their face; they were like, "I'm gonna kind of fake it or whatever." But it's like you're just at the point where, like, even if they do one call, it helps, right? And I just imagine—I yeah. mean, they were Groupon was panicked, and I just imagine them if they would have showed up and saw, like, you know people in this rinky dink you know office in lincoln nebraska and there's people in closets and bathrooms making phone calls and you say like what the hell but um man yeah that was that was, a, that was a even when i was whiteboarding out in my head i'm like what are you doing what oh my just, like are you you know like even me and i'm just like just be honest like and and it, it did it just kind of turned into that delirious like this is so stupid but like screw it let's try you know
0: this episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an advertiser spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads, and you're in e commerce and you're looking for more capital or credit to scale, then you're probably familiar with solutions like Shopify Capital, Brex, and Clearbank. The problem with these solutions is the cost of capital is expensive and they take a percentage of your revenue. One of the beauties, with AdCard when you combine it with one of our in-network of our 5000 in-network agency partners you have the opportunity to qualify for free ad capital funding where we'll load up your ad card with an additional $50,000 all the way up to a million dollars of additional capital to deploy on platforms like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Instagram youtube and more so if that's you if you're in e-commerce spending a ton on ads and you're looking for a way to decrease the cost of, of capital check out ad card we'll get back to the show
2: that's quite a sample we got on this rich ad segment here now while that <laughs> went super super well there let's hear about something that kind of crashed and burned you know that's you know yeah. we love kind of showcasing yeah. we're all human <laughs> you know of course everybody likes yeah. on killer stats but what's something that just did not go your way
1: Um, you know, there's, there's, I would love to share the brand names like Disney <laughs> and 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 all that stuff, but I, you know, I'm always surprised at how much they, you know, find something on a blog and they come after me. And, um, so I will say that, you know, we don't handle the marketing for those companies, but we work directly with them and, and, you know, we give them best practices and there's just been, especially lately, there's been so many fails and like you want to try to show support for like you know whether it's like black lives matter or everybody matters and you just like can't fucking win right now you know like like whatever you do somebody's going to find something so i'd say like that's that's you know happening and there's plenty of you know spend 50 grand on something and zero return and and i could go through those all day cuz my attitude towards marketing is like stop talking and just do it and even if it doesn't work, you're going to at least get some sort of nugget from it. And at one point in time, we had 52 different uh, paid media things going with Hulu Box. Um, and, you know, we whittled it down to like 32 or something like that. And it was just, you know, we we're doing everything. So I, I, I definitely have a very different take on marketing than most people i'm more of just you know spray it out there and see what lands versus you know let's do all the research and whatever because i've been on the research side and most of it's bullshit so um but as far as the one that comes to mind um i uh, was working at a company called complete nutrition and and it was basically like a high-end uh gnc um we had grown from three to 83 million in about two years we were franchising we when i started i think we had you know, eight stores, something like that. Um, when I left, we had like two hundred fifty stores and another three fifty sold. I mean, it was it was insane. It was like Wolf of Wall Street, but without all the drugs and shitty people. It was mostly pre workout and super happy salespeople. <laughs> you know, so imagine the Wolf of Wall Street with uh, you know supplements and nice people. That's what it was like. Um. And so here I am, um, no I had no business whatsoever being the head of marketing, truly. I was like twenty six. I was designing the stores, I was writing all the radio ads, and it was working. everything was working, and our radio ads were just absolutely crushing it and and we were doing zero online sales. So I had been pushing forever to do online sales. Uh, finally got a lo- site launched e-commerce you know first month or two we did like 350k in sales um and so then i'm like we need to do this big digital marketing campaign right and so we spend forever we hire the best firm we do everything as you know we sent out seven rfps i mean we did the whole shtick right um we end up selecting a firm i think it came out to like 3.2 million dollars in advertising um we start running this campaign and we dump a quarter of a million into it and we were spending i think a hundred or more in the process of spending that and we had already basically purchased all our media buying so uh, you know a month or two goes by and 250k and literally zero sales from it and i to this day i don't know if it was like a tracking error i don't know what it was but I spent every day and night trying to figure out like why aren't these ads working? Why aren't these? And I understand the whole, like, you know, you gotta be patient or whatever, but I'm telling you, like, we weren't even getting like traffic from this shit. We were getting like 12 hits. So I'm like, how do you pump a quarter million into something and you get like 12 website visits? Like what the fuck is going on? Sorry. Hopefully I can cuss. Believe me. Oh, free rain. rain. Free rain. Okay, okay. So you know, we're I'm just like dying, right? And and uh our CEO uh basically sends me an email and he's like, Hey man, like, you know, saw this spend and you know, can you tell me whatever? So I give him a breakdown. I tried to talk to him, but he was busy and um Friday rolls around and and this company was not shy to let people go. And so I'm literally got my own banker's box and I started kind of putting some shit in it because I was like, I'm there's no way I'm gonna be here anymore. And uh I saw the CEO come and I was like 4 PM right on time, you know? So I hide the box and I sit down at my desk. I'm like, all right, breathe. This is it. And I was making a grip of cash at 26. I mean, it was crazy. And he walks by and he goes by and I was like, no fucking way that happened. And then he kind of backpedaled and he put his hand on the door on the side of the door. And he goes, he called me big P he goes, Hey, big P a quarter of a million and like a dozen websites. And I go, yeah he goes what are you gonna do i was like we just gotta shut it off man he goes yeah i think that's a good idea He goes, so we're just out a quarter of a million dollars and i said "Mm, probably some more we're gonna it's gonna be tough to get the ad buy back and he goes he kind of taps the door and he looks up and he smiles at me he goes all right don't let that happen again okay and i was like yeah he goes all right man have a good weekend and he walks off and i was like what the fuck just and i was like just sitting there okay does hr come or whatever and that that was literally the end of the conversation and so here i'm thinking like man i see people get fired all the time and and they were basically you know after i talked to some people they said look you know ceo usually gives people like two chances right if they screw up And if they do the same thing or they have another screw up, you're gone. But like, that was your, like, don't let it happen again. It was a big one. And that attitude, I mean, I will take that the rest of my life of just like truly giving people the reins, letting them fail and moving on. And, and that is the story almost of our company. And, you know, as for the ad buy, I mean, it was like the classic, you know, as like buy all these Google terms, um buy all these you know uh, um ad boxes on the side retargeting i mean you name it it was everything And, and even the agency that we were working with was just like we don't know what the fuck's going on so um that was that was pretty epic and um yeah we we had a similar story happen at bulu where we bought an ad by podcast buy and it was like 50k zero actually one one redemption and uh, I remember I just went to the person and I was like, 50K, oh. And they're like, yeah. And they're freaking out. I was like, yeah, just like, don't let that happen again. And they're like, <laughs> okay. And, and and now it's like their story, right? They're like, Full but screen. that echoes throughout the, yeah, it echoes throughout the company. And it's like, man, you know, fail fast, fail hard. And and it's a lesson, not a failure. And, and um, I would even say like, we're okay with people failing quite a bit. It's just, you know, I, I even say, you know, like, you got about three times that you can fail at the same thing but after the third time if it's the same thing it's kind of like okay what's going on here so that's what i got
0: i love it that's amazing It's yeah, an epic failure story right there yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: it's,
1: so it's on this away. uh
0: this next segment uh what i said you know before before the podcast yep. um you were born for this segment paul uh <laughs> you know part part of part of what we're trying to do here with the Richhead Port podcast is is bring more, you know, financial management strategies, cash yep. flow management strategies yep. and really just financial education for business owners and yep. really infusing that conversation and into advertising and marketing. Uh yep. we, we think that those two worlds don't um interact or collide enough and right. uh yeah, so it's a you know fairly open ended question, but uh really um curious you know where where you would take it for you know yeah. the subscription e-commerce business that's you know that's growing quickly, that's that's tapped into you know Shopify Capital, tapped into you know, ClearBank, they've tapped into, you know, all yep. the different debt companies out there and they're wondering yep. what's next. You know, is this yeah. all there is? Yep.
1: So I'd say that the first thing I want to start off by saying, and it's humbling to say this, but I think it's important. Um, I think the first thing people need to do is they need to just have a conversation with themselves and really understand what are you good at and what are you challenged with and where are you going to focus your time? And for me, um, I actually have dyscalculia, which is basically dyslexia for numbers. And you can go back to grade school, high school, college. I mean, you know, A's and it came to math, and it was like a F or a C. That was pretty much, you know, or a D, you know, it was a C, D, or an F, and it was basically like, what did what did I need to do to play football in college? That's all I needed to do. And I just, I always have struggled with it, and I didn't know what it was until my brother, who's a doctor, looked at me like I was a moron. He goes, "Well, you have dyscalculia. You know that, right?" And I was like, "What?" And he explained to me, and I looked it up. I like. 34 and i'm 39 now and i was like oh my god that is exactly and it's really quirky things right that are like um give it away that you have it but i i would describe it as i'm not sure how most people do numbers but i have like a visual when i you know words and numbers are in like i think of them visually now i'm trying not to think of them right now um and so like getting a string of numbers visually and holding it in my head or an algorithm or i'm sorry uh uh, um like any sort of a like math problem. Um, it's really hard for me to like, you know, do a formula and hold that in my head and do another formula. So I'm, I am terrible at math. Now, what I am good at is understanding where we are and where we need to end up. And then I get people to help me figure out the in between part. And so, so many CEOs that I meet that are visionary or creative or whatever, they have a natural propensity to, to to steer clear of math and numbers and i just like to tell people like i was that guy painfully um if somebody starts talking finance and numbers now i literally have to tell myself like fucking pay attention right like classes in session and ask dumb questions and so i think it's important to to state that to people and and i think the same reason that i'm kind of okay at it is because you know i have to focus on it now that said Um, There's a lot of different ways to go with this, but I'll I'll go to what I think was the most enlightening thing for us, and particularly uh, in regard to raising capital and understanding how VCs thought about things. Um, And a lot of people know the Cactel TV payback formula or the Cactel TV ratio, which Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways to say it. But the way that I say it is, um, once your lifetime value of a customer is three times or greater than the customer acquisition cost to get that customer, and you can pay that back in less than 12 months, you, you can pay that CAC back in 12 months, you have a subscription business. Um, Some people might argue, well, your lifetime value needs to be 6x um, of the CAC, and you got to pay that back in six months or whatever it is. And is it software? Is it CPG? And here's what I'm here to drop the bomb on everybody. It doesn't fucking matter. And let me tell you why. What matters is knowing what your CAC to LTV is and then knowing how long it takes you to pay back that cac. Now here's the deal. The w- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the way that I have seen, and I've seen it firsthand, because we've almost acquired companies. I've you know got my hands on internal documents. Um, I am really trying hard to not name names now, but um, one of the larger subscription box companies. Um, actually I'll just give you a kind of a, I'll I'll call it you know, subscription box X, and I'm just going to kind of grab different things from these really large subscription boxes that everybody knows. But what we've seen is that some of these companies are consider literally website traffic as their CAC. And that blew me away. A lot of them consider emails as a customer acquisition. And here I am thinking like, oh no, it's just gotta be straight up money in, money out like at the end of the day. And that is not the rules that everybody else is paying by. Probably the most painful one that I saw was, um, oh, it takes us, uh, I I don't know what it was like, $2.34 to get a customer. The lifetime value is $880. And we pay that back instantly when they click, right? And then you read everything and you ask questions and you go, okay, so you're telling me it costs you $2 and 34 cents to get somebody to go to your site. And based off of really your opinion, they're going to stick with you for years and spend $800. And you're just saying, as soon as, you know, a different segment makes a purchase, that's the payback. And they're like, well, I guess if you want to say it that way. And I'm like, well, that's the correct way to say that. Right. So, you know, really, it all depends on how are you defining CAC? How are you defining your LTV and how are you defining those things? And once you do that, that is when you really start to become powerful. And I really do think that you have two sets of that formula. You have one that we call it the trophy formula, right? And you can make CAC your website traffic, your email list. Like, I don't care whatever you want to call that. You you could, you know, truth told well, you make that number look as great as you can. You better damn sure make that make sure that you can you know define those terms and defend it in a room. But what you really also need to do is create a number that is what are you truly spending in paid marketing to get a customer? Okay, now your lifetime value is that going to be. Uh, Gross profit is that going to be contribution margin? Like, what is that number going to be? Is that going to be, you know, just net? Is it going to be EBITDA? Like, what is it going to be? Right. Um, get as close to the real thing as you can, and then be honest with yourself on the payback, and don't consider that payback until you actually put and keep that money in the bank. And so now, what you have is your glorious CAC to LTV public investor. Look at me, I'm awesome. Formula. But at the end of the day, the rules that your team is operating by is a true money in, money out, we made this money, CAC to LTV payback formula. And that's why when you read what I call business porn online, which is like tech crunch and mashable, and you look at these like CAC to LTV ratios, or you know people talk about it, you're like, how the hell did they do that? Well, the answer is You don't know how they're defining CAC. You don't know how they're defining LTV. Mm. Um, They probably have a PR team that is very good, and you're never going to know it because you're never going to have access to QuickBooks, right? Um, Man, the amount of people in due diligence that don't actually cross-check what you're saying in a deck with your QuickBooks is embarrassing for them um, when I (laughs) think about it, right? And so I think that's one of the most important things in a subscription um, is simply defining your formula, holding your internal team accountable for it. And if you need to, go make that flashy CAC LTV for the world, but do not, do not operate by that internally because you're just, you're not operating in reality.
0: Oof. Oof. Just let that sink in, everybody. Let's take a moment of silence. <laughs>
1: I was hoping you'd be uh, like, no, no. yeah, we, we talked about that last week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um, the other thing, that, uh, the other thing that comes to mind is um, this is going to sound like a sales pitch too, but uh, Harvard uh Harvard business has like a little series of books that are like the two minute finances or whatever it is. And they're really kitschy little books that are all over their website. And, and man, those, those I read almost once a month as a refresher, because it really, explains and you know uh, uh, what's their what's their phrase uh, if you got to be able to explain it to a golden retriever right um, it really does break down like revenue is this cogs is this gross profit is this and that's always just a really good refresher for me and I think it would benefit a lot of people and the books are super simplified for everybody and once you once you start to think about your definition of CAC and LTV, and you start applying that to cogs and gross profit, you want to think everybody's playing by the same rules, but either through miseducation or them not caring or them assuming or them knowing and not being honest, um, you really have to dig into how people are defining their terms, which full circle is why the financial model that we created, I'm so adamant, anything that our team does in Excel, man, if they don't have a definition or a note within any term they use i mean they just get an email from me instantly like i don't know what this is like i know what you're saying with operating expense but like i need to know that you know that we're all playing by the same set of rules so you gotta copy and paste it or define it and man the amount of times that we see people you know just a little bit off or not able to explain it um you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm one of those people too, right. Um, it just really mm-hmm. helps you understand, um, how crucial that is for your entire team. Uh, not, not entire team, but for the people that are dealing with money and the people that are frankly like collecting invoices and stuff like they, they gotta have a grip on that because at the end of the day, you can look them in the face and say, that's your money. You know, you knowing what, profit margins are acceptable like that's you saying this is acceptable for my salary or my bonus or whatever and once once you start connecting the dots of why they got to stick to their guns in a price or why they got to get invoices paid on time and you can draw that line directly to their paycheck shit will change real quick
0: mm. oh. oh there you have it man Oh, you've been an amazing guest. I love all the insights. You've, you've been Thanks, to man. war and back, man. <laughs> and some legends to tell. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So tell everybody a little bit about uh, what you're up to next, how we can yeah. support you, and how yeah, the man. folks, uh, listeners can get in touch.
1: Well, I got a cheesy line, but it works. And I just say, um, if you or anybody you know is talking about subscriptions or fulfillment, literally go to hituppaul.com and book a time with me. And our sales strategy is... Get people the answers they're searching. And if it happens to be us, great. If not, make that experience great so that they go tell other people about us. And, you know, it works pretty well for us. Mm.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Paul. Really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Dylan,
1: uh, one of seven Dylans. Um, you're the one and only <laughs> in my heart and in my mind. Hey, um, Zach, you're getting there. But I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody listening to my uh, Madman Rants. Appreciate it. Yeah,
0: anytime, man.
2: Take care. Man, that was a killer, y'all.
0: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, Take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, zach at funnel-dot-com. Show me you left a review. And I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to com. To leave a review, go
2: to com slash review. Thanks again.